Hey, Bob, what are we doing today? Well, Kevin, we have a special guest marching all the way from Poland, and we are going to talk about what it takes to get into this gig of being a computer programmer, developer, software engineer, yada, yada, yada. Is it books? Is it education formally? Or is it just school of hard knocks? So uh, with that, uh, immediately beneath me in the video that you all can't see is Kevin. Say hey, Kevin. Hey, Kevin. And we have Martin. Say hey, Martin. Hey, hey. All right. Let me fade this back. All right. So Martin, uh, we are, I think, well, we're different time zones. So you're, you're, it's 2.30 in the afternoon for you. It's 8.30 in the morning for me. And Bob, it's 7.30 in the morning there. And uh, so... I am I am definitely only on the second cup of coffee only right, but <laughs> it's early for me. Bob, Bob, are you awake yet? Uh, I am partially through my first cup of coffee, so no, I'm not awake. Uh, Martin, we know that you're quite the coffee fan. What, what's your yeah. coffee count so far today? <laughs> uh, I think that I drank uh, at three of them <laughs> since now, and now I'm filling myself with water. Uh, but yeah, this is a middle day, uh, middle of the day for me. And I didn't know if I should say good morning or good afternoon for you. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's me. All right. So I have a burning question before we get into our regular topic of the day. Uh, for those listeners who do not know, Martin is a co-host of a weekly web series um, on YouTube, and it's called Umbra Coffee. And a couple weeks ago, they were in Denmark, or I guess a few weeks ago now, and they did a live format with a live studio audience. So talk to us a little bit about that and uh, what it was like coming back and not doing it with a live studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we really felt uh, like a stars uh, there because uh, for the first time we had an audience and uh, it's interesting for someone who is doing uh, uh, live streams on YouTube uh, because, uh, uh, you know, I, I usually did it from my home when I feel, I don't know, comfortable and safe. And there were people and they were listening, they were watching uh, live and, and you, you were also participating uh, on this show. Uh, it was very interesting. I felt really, really great. Uh, Ambraco, which was uh, the organizer of the whole conference, uh, did a great job preparing the, the whole venue for our purposes. We had a sofa, we had a tables, uh, mugs and everything else, uh, which uh, just what just helped us uh, to feel uh, almost like at home uh, and yeah definitely we want to do more of it uh, and uh, as a little sneak peek probably we'll be doing it uh, on many more festivals this year and mo nice. many more events uh, Umbraco related this time. So now you won't probably be at US Fest though because that's very close to Poland right? <laughs> never say never. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, 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 I'm still thinking about it. Uh, and uh, as I know that the submissions for speakers are closing very soon, uh, I'm, I'm really tempted to do it. And especially that it's in Chicago where I have a family. Uh, so for me, uh, it might be a, a really nice combination of, of, of both. Uh, so travel and pleasure and business. <laughs> uh, so, uh, like I said, never say never. I can't promise nothing, but I'm really considering it. So, yeah, maybe. So what was that first episode like after Code Garden, where it was back to you at home, uh, Callum in you know, the office? How was that? Oh, I think that the first week after the Code Garden is always sad. <laughs> no, no matter if, uh, if you are running a, a YouTube show or not, it's always sad. So it was different. Uh, we were all uh, getting back to, to the normal routine, a normal life, normal discipline. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think that we were just missing everything uh, what happened there uh, and started counting down to the next year. <laughs> awesome. Well, I loved watching the show live from Code Garden. Uh, it seems like that format suits you both very well. And it's got to be a dream come true to have an off-camera producer and not have to worry about that while providing content. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. And uh, I think that this is exactly why we want to do it. Uh, we want to just bring it all closer for people who cannot attend specific events or cannot follow everything what's happening on, on socials and, and around the product, which Braco is. Uh, and yeah, we really feel uh, great doing it. So we'll be definitely continuing. Cool. 
Kevin, right. transition us into this main topic here. All right. So, uh, you know, being a software or developer or engineer, by the way, there's like 15 terms in my mind that all kind of mean the same thing. You know, basically nerds making um, intellectual property and solving problems for themselves or for clients. So it's a bit of a daunting thing. So before I um, kind of did this mainstream, you know, I was like always wondering, well, what does what does a programmer do? What does a software engineer do? What's the best way to learn? And for me, um, back in the mid 90s, showing my age, uh, the answer was, is, well, Kevin, there's there's no internet. So if you were going to get into this thing, you were basically going to do financial programming or uh, missile guidance systems uh, for the military, not the internet. Um, and so when I got into it, the, the only thing that was available to me was um, four-year university, actually two-year. They, we offered, they offered a two-year degree where I went. And there was no such thing as lynda.com or Pluralsight. Um, there were some books probably, um, sure, but you know, I wasn't much of a book person back then. And I'm sure they were page turners too. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> there was no YouTube. There was maybe Encyclopedia Britannica was flirting with doing a CD-ROM video where you had to have like 30 videos or CDs for like A through B or, you know. Yeah, so that that was the, the, uh, the mid-90s for me. And times have changed. So much so that because they didn't teach the internet and the internet kind of blew up or in a positive way, it grew up um, in the late 90s um, to become the mid 2000s to what it is today. Um, you, me and I'm sure you too, Bob, and possibly you, Martin, that we had to teach ourselves you know, because there was, you know, we were either done with school or there was just no materials available. So all of that as a preamble to, um, Somebody who in 2018 is is making the plunge, whether they are young or whether they are 40 years old like me and say, you know what, I'm tired of making widgets for the factory. I want to become whatever it is you do. I'll have what he's having or what she's <laughs> having. How do I do that? And so that is the premise of today's discussion and Marchin, I'm going to throw you out front and center and say, um, what's the answer? Oh, wait, <laughs> I, have, I have a quick question first, though. Yes. Radio show of hands. <laughs> Kevin, you're traditionally trained, I'm saying, like, so you attended university to learn how to program. Correct. Yes. yes. Marchin, how about you? Did you go to school, university to learn how to program? Yes, yes. I, I got the master's degree uh, on one of the universities here in Poland as well. Ooh, okay. So only completely self-taught. My degree is in journalism, so uh, I, nice. uh, I'm a writer. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, so, so uh, I, I can provide you an answer, but there are more than one, definitely. Uh, I think that's uh, the, the good point which you mentioned is that uh, the times are changing, and, uh, and I, I am probably um, a little bit younger, so I was uh, from the transition between uh, a world without internet to the world with the internet. And I was mostly from the second part of it. Uh, but uh, right now it's, it's a lot different because internet is everywhere and programmers are also everywhere. Uh, so it's, it's not an easy answer. And I, 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 if I think about education and, and, and learning how to program, I always say, uh, for everyone who is asking me about it, that's no matter which path you will take, it's all up to you and it's all requiring a lot of time additionally uh, to, 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 to become good at it. Because you can, I finished studies, I, I can tell everyone that um, they might not have changed too much in my life. But I've, I didn't learn too much programming during my studies, to be honest. I was, I was a basketball player in academics team. I was partying a lot. I was working uh, during my studies. So uh, I, was just, uh, uh, I was just studying actively <laughs> uh, various topics. Uh, and, uh, and I was learning after studies. Basically, from the, I don't know, maybe third year of my studies, I've, uh, I, I've I was more working than studying uh, and learning how to program from my coworkers and 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 friends. Uh, and then I've I've just decided to finish the studies and and receive the degree because uh, I wanted to please 
and so, I don't know satisfy my family members <laughs> mostly. Uh, and, and yeah, but I spent a lot of time uh, after my studies to explore um, programming, explore different technologies. I've attended a lot of meetups. Um, so uh, if, if anyone is asking me right now, which path should they take? I think that it doesn't matter. Uh, you, you just need to be determined um, um, at least at the level which, you, which uh, will push you to explore more and will cause you to wake up in the morning and, and be hungry of exploring more. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, that's the entry point for the, for the first answer, I think. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe Bob, Bob can uh, add something else to this topic as, as a self-teached programmer. Well, one thing that I'm jealous of, of a lot of, um, like, and you mentioned it too, you said learn much more outside of university than when inside. And I look at the environment that you're in where you're working, you know, pretty closely day in and day out with other programmers. I don't mm -hmm. necessarily have that luxury. Like I have friends that do it. So like Kevin and I will connect a couple of times throughout the week and we will do some kind of, you know, pair programming, mostly him telling me that I did it all wrong and this is the way I should approach it. But, um, you know, I, I see great value in that. And I, you know, uh, internship programs or, you know, being able to be a junior developer within an organization with developers, I would see that as being like a huge boost to the education process for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think that it becomes uh, more common to see and meet programmers. Uh, and probably a couple of years back, it wasn't so popular. The, the, the whole profession wasn't, wasn't so popular. Uh, Lately, we, we've been even uh, trying to uh, compare programmers right now uh, to uh, doctors or, or uh, even priests uh, because they were admired in, inside of the different uh, communities. Uh, and right now, programmers are admired. And, and or many people are curious how our profession looks like, uh, why we are so, uh, I don't know, needed. Because if, if anyone else right now is scrolling uh, job offers, they can see, I don't know, 80 or 90% uh, of, of them that, that, that they are relate, uh, relates to, to, to the IT profession. And all of the companies are looking for programs, not only uh, software developing companies, which is, which is also interesting. And it, it all caused that uh, the people started to think that maybe it's something for them. Uh, and I receive a lot of questions from my friends who, who are not uh, inside of our branch. Uh, as I as I am trying to be uh, very visible and sharing a lot of uh, insights from our profession, they are asking me how to start, where to start, and 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 that's why I also think that it's important for us as a pro already programmers to share our experience uh, to also tell those people that it's not always. Uh, uh, perfect because uh, it's not only sitting in front of the computer and clicking random uh, buttons on our keyboards right and this is what um, many people think about our profession uh, wait so it's not <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry i revealed the the secret uh, yeah so so it's not just a I don't know, sitting job uh, in in the safe environment of your uh, bedroom or something like that uh, it's a really hard profession uh, with and I think that this is an important message for everyone who wants to start that they just need to start first no matter of the path chosen and and explore if it's something for them uh, and and that's awesome that we have so many paths right now so so if I could um, kind of you know just give a different perspective here uh, so I, I think we almost it's gonna sound crazy because when we hear computer programming and it's even called computer science at the university, you know, it's like this very analytical thing. And a lot of, a lot of outsiders will look at this, especially my project managers and the owners will be like, Oh, well, you're the analytical type. And yes, there's some of that, but I also think there's some qualities that you, you should probably have to, in order to kind of get into the biz, so to speak. And the number one is for me is problem solving. So I feel like, what do I do on a daily basis? I solve problems. And I actually trick my mind a bit by making it a game. I basically say, okay, this is like a Sudoku puzzle or, or a crossword puzzle. Um, basically, it's like, okay, here's, here's where we're at. It doesn't work. Here's where we need to be. It needs to work. What is the in-between? Kevin, fill out 
the, the middle parts and make it work. And to me, I, I trick myself rather than feeling like it's a job. I feel like I'm playing a game on a daily basis. And I know that sounds really weird. So I think you need to be problem solver. You need to kind of like puzzles. Um, you have to be okay with failure because if, if you're worried that, well, what if I don't get it right in, you know, and you just totally wreck yourself internally, this may not be the job for you because full disclosure, I, Early, early, Kevin, I, I got it wrong most of the time. And now I've kind of gone to where I get it right about 80% of the time, but I'm still wrong about 20% of the time. And, and it's that 20% I got to fix over and over and over. And then you, I think you got to be a pattern person. And I don't mean software patterns. I mean, you know, when you look at something or a problem, do you, do you see natural loops? Do you see natural, well, decision points, you know? So I think you need to start seeing patterns. Um, you, you also have to accept that your next project will always be better than any previous project because that's, that's growth. It means, you know, um, you've learned and uh, your next one, well, at least it should be better. And I, I think naturally you should understand that when you look backwards uh, at your old code, it'll feel like that old high school prom photo with the braces and the weird teeth and glasses. But And you're like, oh my gosh, you know, that was only two years ago and that's what it looked like. But you got to be okay with that. And in two years, you're going to look back at today's code and you're going to have that same thing. Um, and then you kind of want to have the ability to to use computer coding as fake employees. Uh, we're in the era of fake media news, but I like fake employees because I can tell a computer, hey, do this trivial task for me because I'm tired of doing it. Um, and you know what? Uh, I'll have 10 of you and you all do your trivial tasks and you'll just be happy because you're just some automated bot of mine and you're just going to do it. But that's how you have to be able to like self-delegate to your own code. Anyway, those are the qualities I think that a lot of people... Um, if, if any of that sounds interesting, this might be the job for you. Well, it's interesting because I kind of want to riff off something that you've both said. So Marchin kind of alluded to the fact that this job that we're in is really the job of the future because everything is becoming more automated. Everything is being driven by some kind of set of instructional code that makes it all happen. And Kevin, you kind of alluded to this feeling of right now, and I'm putting words in your mouth that maybe we're in the golden age of development. You know, that like it is a, and, and Martin even mentioned it, you know, highly sought after, respected. But what's going to happen, you know, taking those components of seeing patterns that you mentioned and, you know, being able to fit in, but then you even mentioned the, you know, the minions, there's going to be this whole tier of employment where you're really just making sure that that piece of equipment is actually responding to the instructional code that's made that device do a very specific task. So, I mean, first, I guess the question and throw it to both of you, do you feel like, can we confirm that we are kind of in this golden age and perhaps it's going to get a little bit more less golden in the near future because of the, the dearth of mid-level and low-level development jobs that are going to be coming into the stream? So I, I, I can provide an answer for, for, for this question because uh, I was um, lately preparing a, a talk for uh, parents in our uh, programming school for children because I, I didn't mention, uh, but we uh, also um, running a programming school for children here in Poland. Uh, and I am uh, responsible usually for uh, educating parents why it's important to uh, bring their children closer to what computer can do for them rather than just uh, consuming what's already created for their children and may maybe for someone else. So I was, I was gathering data about our profession and we've been in the golden age since, I don't know, 80s. <laughs> so everyone who was, uh, who was able to code, who was able to use computer in a way for what it was really created was really required and, and needed. And it's still like this, but our profession evolved. Our skills become different. Our programming languages changed. Uh, and it's all changing constantly. And in, in the, I don't know, era of um, cloud solutions uh, and all the automations uh, moved outside of the code itself, uh, 
the only requirement skill sets, uh, the skill sets uh, are changing and the, the people and the problem solving, which Kevin mentioned, stays the same. So we still we are still solving problems, but we are using different tools and different methodologies. So if earlier we needed to write, I don't know, ton of the code to solve simple issue or problem, right now we, we should see the, that we need to use this and that to combine it together and to solve the same problem in a different way. Uh, and I think that's important that we probably won't be replaced by machines <laughs> soon, uh, hopefully, <laughs> still. Uh, but, but yeah, and, and still those skills and those um, soft skills around programming will be uh, something which will stay in our portfolio and in our uh, uh, attitude to, to, to still be, stay in the branch and still be valuable for companies and teams in which we are in. So uh, to, to kind of play off March in there, so I think we, we go through eras and each era is actually stands on the shoulders of the previous one and, and gets that much better. So if we um, go back in time to the early to mid uh, 60s Cold War era, America versus Russia, we were in this little thing called the space race. And I was watching this documentary on, um, they, they had these big rockets with these big engines with this rocket propellant. And oh, by the way, we need some sort of computer to run all of this stuff, right? <laughs> so uh, I, I don't, I'd have to find the documentary again, but it was really great because it talked about, the, they hired a bunch of software people who basically were the pioneers of software engineering at that time and at that time it was punch card era so they would do their coding and then they would output them to a, a physical printer would actually made punch cards and if you made an error you got you know two boxes of paper because you know it could run away error or if you found you know a little trivial error you go fix it and then they have to output the, the punch cards again so i think we're all it's safe to say we're all happy we don't do that anymore and then in the 80s, when I started learning programming basic, I had to put my own line numbers, you know, and I'd make sure I spaced them out properly in case I want to insert something in between. And then when I realized I, I only spaced by 10, now I have that 11th statement. I got to kind of do this mass renumbering thing um, better than punch cards. But, um, you know, then we, we moved to where we have uh, this thing called networks where one computer can talk to another computer. And then... Um, this is right around, well, the internet's much older than me, but when I was in, in university, um, we had email and something called Gopher Protocol and, you know, Netscape Navigator, which is way better than uh, basic programming, but it introduced several new things such as JavaScript, JS script, VB script. Uh, let's see, we got the Java plugins, remember those? Uh, and then... Then we evolved to where we have Flash, and everyone's like, ah, oh, Flash. And then we're like, you know, fast forward today, oh my God, Flash, no. <laughs> Same thing with Java plugins. And now we have frameworks. Um, we have, you know, front end frameworks. We have the .NET framework. We have uh, Django. Uh, we have Ruby on Rails. We got a lot of cool things. Um, and what I think is great is that independently, each, each silo of programming has kind of come to some conclusions that, you know, we are all solving the same problems through different languages. Um, and we call these patterns. That's, that's why it's really great that software patterns really transcend languages and frameworks because the problem remains the same, no matter how you articulate it, you know, in code and whatnot. So hundred percent agree. We are in an awesome era right now. And I, I would assume the next era will be even better as long as we don't create self, um, aware robots that kill all of us engineers, then that would <laughs> probably a downturn on the chart. Um, but uh, yeah, so there you go, Bob. That's that's my two cents on that. I can I can add one more uh, thought to the to the whole topic here uh, because I remember a story from one of my professors um, during my studies that they they waited two weeks in a queue to compile their project to compile their code, uh, and right now we cannot. Uh, face the disappointment of children in our school who are waiting 300 milliseconds to, to the results on their screen. And they are <laughs> impatient, right, in this uh, scenario. So uh, machines also helped us a lot. And right now it's it's definitely easier to verify if, if our uh, approach or, or if our uh, ideas uh, 
can be compiled into the 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 pro the pro the projects the programs or the results and to to verify if it's something for us and that's that's brought us back to the uh, learning curve and learning uh, program. I will. I will say there's one group of people who will totally disagree with us, and that's probably the finance industry because they're still running AS400 COBOL servers. <laughs> and uh, if you take Stripe out of the equation, they're all looking at us, going, "Guys, you know, you know what's going? You know, how how do we get all the cool tools too?" Um, so if you ever worked in finance, um, and in especially here in American banks, they're just old mainframes stuff, and it's it's still the main thing. Yeah, and, I, and I, I heard that they've put the, the delays in their code uh, to not expose that uh, the financial methods are uh, done so quickly because uh, people were not believing uh, in the computer's power, uh, and they just put the delays there <laughs> to, to to fake it. So, yeah. I've heard that as well. They've slowed it down so that people believe that it was doing something. Those wow. AS400 people, they're writing their own tickets right now, though. Like if you are someone who can still maintain an AS400 system, you can go you, anywhere you want in the financial industry and get paid huge. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I'm hoping the uh, finance industry adopts JavaScript and C Sharp one day. So when I'm 60, 70, 80 years old, I'm still catching a premium because we've moved on to quantum computing and finance is still back in the old stack. <laughs> so Martin, you're teaching kids at the school. Um, what kind of stuff are you teaching them? Are you guys using a scratch type programming language and, you know, kind of the executable blocks chaining them together type deal? Is that what you're teaching them? Um, yes, I'm, I'm not directly teaching them right now. We have a, a really amazing team in our school uh, who is doing it right now. But uh, yes, we, we are covering many uh, age groups, uh, basically. Uh, we've, we are starting from children aged five uh, and ending on uh, 16 years old uh, teenagers who are uh, using different tools and different technologies. So uh, for the younger kids, we are using, of course, Scratch, which is the most popular uh, tool. Uh, which can be used also by adults, right? To, to teach uh, them and learn how to program. Uh, we are using Kodu, uh, which is a, a tool from Microsoft, which can be used also on, on the Xbox. Uh, we teach the children also the app inventor. I don't know if you have heard about it. It's for the mobile applications. It's also for the, from the MIT. Uh, and uh, right now uh, we are starting new programs which will be based on uh, Roblox and Minecraft education, uh, educational edition. Uh, so yeah, we are uh, changing those tools and we are adapting to, 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 to the new trends. And uh, especially with those uh, last two, so Minecraft and Roblox, we are trying to uh, just take children because they, all, they are already spending a lot of time playing Minecraft and, and Roblox to, <laughs> to, to spend this time for something more creative than just consuming content, maybe creating content, maybe creating their, I don't know, worlds and their uh, their visions inside of the games worlds. Uh, and yeah, of course, behind uh, all of this, the, the, the knowledge is shared and the principles of, of programming uh, are also teached. And for, uh, for those uh, a little bit older, we are, of course, using the, the, the web technologies, so HTML, JavaScript, uh, CSS, uh, combined with some CMSs and, and our favorite Umbraco CMS as well. Um, we are teaching them also the Unity um, uh, engine for games. Uh, also, this, this semester, we are starting Unreal Engine as a, some kind of comparison to, to Unity. Uh, and we've done a course uh, in Xamarin development for mobile applications and I can't remember more, but there is a lot of more uh, of them. Can, can you remind me of the age group of, of these? The, fir the first group is from five uh, to eight. Second one is from eight to 12. And wow. third is from 13 to 16. Okay. It wouldn't be the Bob and Kevin show without a little bit of controversy. So if you see a student with lots of talent, would you A, recommend they go into university to solidify their skills after, high, after secondary school? Or would you say, you know what, let's see what the market's got for you. You've got talent. You'll be fine. What would you do, Marcin? I think that I wouldn't make a direct suggestion, but uh, what we are doing with students like that, we are taking them to the real companies uh, during our courses, and we are showing them how it looks in the real life. Uh, sometimes they are taken for the interns uh, uh, 
already, even being 15 or 16 years old. Uh, and uh, we are just preparing them additional lessons. Uh, we have a small groups of, of children, so uh, and, and a lot of trainers uh, helping them to, to really not waste the potential. And I will be honest with you, there are some really bright minds in, in those people. I saw an eight years old uh, boy who was making a C++ games already and creating <laughs> creating stuff which I cannot even imagine creating. Uh, and I, I traveled across the whole Poland to see him in action because I didn't believe uh, that something and someone like this exists. Uh, and yeah, we, we just took an approach uh, because we are not standard school. We are not trying to equalize people inside of the group and, and just make them all the same. Uh, so we've just picking them up and helping them. Uh, as we are all programmers, we are all involved in some kind of business and, and companies here. Uh, we're just taking care of them. And, and, and maybe if, if it will shorten the, their path to, to the real uh, life, let's say that, and if they will be still willing to take studies, uh, I think that it's not, there is no perfect answer. Because uh, even if I probably wouldn't go uh, to my studies for the second time, right now with my mindset right now uh i will probably didn't learn what what i've learned during those studies because as you've mentioned kevin the problem solving i was playing basketball uh working and studying at the same time it was a huge problem to combine it all <laughs> and i think that i've learned a lot of uh prioritization and <laughs> and some other uh useful uh, skills uh during that this time not only programming related so Oftentimes, people will ask me, you know, um, about the biz, so to speak, and I'll tell them, I guess it's like the medical industry, healthcare, but I've never been in that. Whereas if I stop learning, I'm going to get run over from behind because everyone who's continually learning is going to go way far ahead of me. So I wouldn't expect my doctor to stop learning, you know, about new diseases, new techniques, <laughs> new procedures. I couldn't imagine you know, stopping learning, unless maybe I'm doing COBOL AS400 at the bank. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's a continual process. So you've got to constantly recognize that, you know what, what I know today, no matter how good I feel about it today, tomorrow, it's going to be perishable. Tomorrow, I'm going to know a little bit less, a little bit less, unless I keep re-upping my brain, keep filling my brain with new ideas and break down what I thought was true. Um, and I have to challenge that. Like, for instance, Troy Hunt, uh, the famous Troy Hunt, you know, he, he had a tweet recently about how, hey, guys, can you come up with examples of what used to be true is opposite true, such as password complexity, password length, you know, uh, should your password expire? You know, it's very security related. So I'd like to, you know, anyone trying to get into the biz there's there's some bad news. If you don't like learning all the time, this may not be for you because you constantly got to come back and learn and acknowledge that, dang it, there's one more thing I got to learn today. Dang it, there's a, two well, things I got to learn today. I'll, I'll take that a step further. It's not just our biz. It's not just being a doctor. I mean, really, to take it outside of you know your vocation in general, you should always have a hunger for knowledge because the world is not standing still you know it's always changing and it's always growing so i think if you want to you know in marchin's a great example of this you know if you want to grab life by the horns and you know go on that ride that it's going to take you on you got to be fluid you got to be like water and fill that container you got to always be willing to expand and change and grow so i i like that our industry has an emphasis on that. And I'm sure that's part of the reason why I'm drawn to it. But you can really almost stamp that into, you know, your daily existence. Parenting, prime so, example. <laughs> so since our knowledge, what we need to learn changes, I would propose, I posit to you both that our training and learning methods should also obviously equally change. So the old guard thinking in my, in, you know, the, the, how, Kev, how did Kevin have to do? I had to go to university. I would propose to you that I think the university is kind of an outdated model. I know that's controversial. It's, I have a degree, so maybe I'm saying this <laughs> ivory tower, you know, well, you know, it worked out for me and now you should do something different, you know, but I almost think, you know, like, like metalworking. So I live in small town America where 
vocation is a big deal. Welding skills, um, you know, factory, you know, working at the forge or the, at the foundry, I guess is what you call it, the steel mill. So that, that, that industry is around here. There's not a lot of me around here. You know, there's no software engineers just, you know, hanging out. You know, I, I have to probably travel at least 30 minutes to the, find the next person who knows how, what C sharp is. Because if I say C sharp, they'll say, oh, you mean like the musical? No, 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 no. I'm talking about programming language. Um, so what I propose is, is should we take a more of a vocational approach where we do an apprenticeship rather than have junior developer, senior developer? I mean, I guess I am kind of proposing we, we take people under our wings that exhibit the qualities that we think, you know, uh, you would you would uh, need for this and then just start feeding their hunger uh, with. Uh, here's how we do it. Here's not the only way, but here's a way that we do it. We are we are a shop that does this, and let me walk you through you know everything, source control, you know how we organize our code, release cycles, the software development life cycle, and then that person moves up the the chain, so to speak, and so on and so forth, and then they pay it back by teaching the the apprentices and things like that. Is that more of a viable model? So more of a question. It's a positive and a question. Is that a better model for the future? Am I crazy? Um, and is the university as important anymore? There you go. There's the bomb. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can add my bomb to that as well. Uh, because uh, in Poland, for example, uh, we, to, to have something uh, inside of the studies uh, program, uh, you need to submit it for the ministry uh, five years earlier. So uh, imagine if we want to teach people right now what AI is or what uh, Roblox is, we need to submit it now, and it will be it will be teached in five years, uh, which is sad right now. Right, right. It cannot be done this way. So Sounds that's like why. Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's why. That's why. Uh, maybe that's why they are asking where you can see, where you see each, see yourself in five years. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's that's such true. That's why um, those technologies which are taught on the studies are sometimes outdated, maybe. Uh, and uh, yeah, this is this is probably uh, the answer because we need to have uh, mentors, uh, and they probably they can can be from studies, they can be from the internet. Right now, we have an informations everywhere. We can find people who uh, we are admire or who we are respecting, and just see their work, follow their work, and follow their path. Uh, open source is yet another example how we can learn how to program. Right, I probably I've learned the most from just seeing how it's done in different projects or how other people are doing it, how to implement this and that if I had a, an idea to do something uh, on my own. Uh, but uh, yeah, also what's important uh, here uh, in terms of education is that the, choosing the right company and I think that the, the, the right company not only by the business in which you are working in but also in your friends' companies, uh, so in your circles, uh, if you are uh, between people who are constantly learning and encouraging you to do the same, you are just pushed to, to do that because you don't want to uh, be uh, just at the back or just stay behind them. Uh, so uh, here as well, if, if you are working in a company who are doing uh, a COBOL project for the 10 year in a row, and you have a 10 years uh, in experience of uh, copying and pasting something from one project to another, it's not a 10 years experience in programming, right? So uh, it, it's very important uh, to, to, to just find a, a right way. And I've lately seen that people were uh, even bragging that they are working for five, 10 years in, in the IT industry. And at the end, it, even if I am working 10 years in the industry, I, I don't know half of something uh, what other people are are knowing because they are doing it constantly they're evolving they're using new tools new methodologies new frameworks and it's good to have a place or company which is supporting this type of uh, learning process because most of the companies don't we, we won't be lying they are just expecting employees to deliver work which was sent to them and they don't care about uh, I don't know, uh, self-development of people inside of teams mostly. Uh, so if you, if you are able to choose, and, and we are able to choose right now, we are in, the, in this golden age uh, where we are uh, needed. So we can choose usually where we are going to work if we have already developed uh, enough skills or passed the, 
the, the junior level, which is another probably topic of discussions, because <laughs> uh, because it's hard to, to to judge who is junior, who is not junior, where 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 to put the line between junior and mid developer. Uh, but if we have skills, if we we are con I don't know confident enough to to just jump into the team and be mentored by someone else who have time to mentor us, uh, I think it's 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 a it's a time for us to to just uh, jump into the 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 right the, the right. Mm. Uh, jump into the the companion of good people and follow their path to learn more and more every day and and not, not waste this time being a developer somewhere before i weigh in it's probably important for me to note that uh the views on the bob and kevin show are expressly the views of <laughs> bob and kevin and their guest and, uh, and bob's views are completely his own thank you and disclaimer so um it's interesting that Marchin brought up the five-year lag at the university level and Kevin kind of with the posit of, you know, is, is that education really a necessity right now? It's funny that you see that mentality replicated in some organizations as well. So like the university is technically could be five years behind the curve. There's tons of organizations out there that only hire the university degree, which means that they're basically hiring at a lag. And I don't know about in Poland, but um, university marketing in the States is giant. So my kids are 21, 19, and 17 right now. So basically for the past mm. seven years, I've been bombarded with college marketing material. And it is a rare uh, occurrence that a college or university is sending information to my doorstep, to my children about the importance of technology in the career of their future, whether it's education, medical, or mm -hmm. traditional IT, which is basically taking over the world from a career standpoint, not one mention of the role of a technology in their degree selection. And I find that very interesting. So, you know, having been self-taught post-graduation, um, you know, University gave me great experiences, much like, you know, Martin had referenced that I learned to do a lot of things that were soft skills, but didn't really learn anything from my career. But I still don't see the universities pushing this importance of technology. And then when you tear that up to organizations that are just hiring based on university, I think that's where you end up with poorly designed or soft mentoring relationships as well, because in those organizations, they're not being pushed to learn new tool sets, uh, stay on top of frameworks, improve process through the selections of those platforms. So, I mean, it's kind of like you do have to be very careful about the organization where you wind up that, you know, not everybody needs a progressive organization, but it's definitely more in line, I think, with this developer mentality where you're always learning, always growing, but you want to end up in a progressive organization where that's encouraged, where you have those mentoring relationships as well. So uh, once again, Bob's thoughts are Bob's thoughts. <laughs> so I, here's what I heard, Bob, just, just say we're, you know, here's, here's what the world is hearing. Um, the university, four years, two of those years are soft skills. The other two are five-year-old um, career things. Um, in America, but, but don't minimize the fact that even in those two years that are five years lagged, you're still learning some foundational sure. and some soft skills. Binary math hasn't changed in a while, ever, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> so, yeah, there's still eight bits and a byte and four and a nibble. Anyway, so, but yeah, yeah, but that's a Wikipedia read over and, and the self quiz at the end, too. Um, so, uh, in America, universities is big freaking business i mean it is it is you know it is money where you go to europe and a lot of that stuff is part of your social uh welfare systems so big difference there so um what i'm hearing though is if if you want to learn the latest and greatest the university is not for you but Probably if you want not. soft skills and a foundation it is for you but it comes at a premium in america and in Europe, it, it comes at a, it's not free because it's still your time. It's still four years of possibly delaying entry into the market. Um, I have, you know, Bob and I talk about our kids all the time. I have a 17-year-old contemplating what's he, what he's going to do for university. And he's a cutting edge, artistic, doing great stuff. And I feel, honestly, if he goes and 
to the university, he's going to learn, he's going to get bored and he's going to possibly regret it. Now it's, it's still up to him and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, he's got to pay for it. So there's, there's that. <laughs> so, um, and he also might miss his moment. I mean, exactly. He catch his he rising star. Exactly. So, all right. So we, we beat down university quite a bit. Um, I want to add something to that yes, because well, I, I don't want to, 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 uh, for, for us to be just understand that, that uh, universities are bad because it all depends. I, I really know uh, developers here in Poland uh, who are happy uh, after their studies and not from the perspective of uh, just learning how to do many things at the same time. But there are some universities who are trying to skip the whole process and to do the right thing, uh, even if the ministry or government is not helping them with that. So, <laughs> for example, we had a, 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 a topics which we can choose from the additional list and we had a additional study classes uh, from those. So I've learned ASP.NET uh, development during my studies, for example, and I've built my first e-commerce solution uh, during my studies on the top of uh, .NET framework, which wasn't part of my um, program. Uh, so there are some universities who are trying, at least, to do it uh, the right way. Uh, but uh, the, the, the answer here probably is that if we can learn the same amount of knowledge or even more if we won't be attending university and and yes we we can we can learn uh, more uh, not attending studies we can learn more during the studies we can uh, learn still i don't know when we are working as uh, someone else or as a journalist or as a i don't know plumber even uh, i don't know if it's if it's the same in states right now but we have a huge boom of of boot camps for for uh, for people who uh, are I don't know uh, looking for uh, a change, uh, and and some of the boot camps here are promising that they will make a programmer from Plumber directly. This it's one of the slogans of of one of the schools here, uh, and and yeah, this is yet another way you can attend boot camp if you are not able to study during the week. You can just go there for six weekends. I don't know, and you will learn. Uh, some basics from the programming uh, you can do the same from youtube right the knowledge is here uh, and and i think that's the very important thing here is that we just need to we just want we just need to want do, to do it uh, and if we will have a, a self-discipline and and maybe motivation to to learn it's it doesn't matter from where we will be getting this knowledge if it will be a youtube webinar uh, bootcamp, meetup, conference, or open source project. Uh, we can learn from all of them, uh, and probably the, the outcome of it will be much more likely the same. Uh, so, so like you, Martin, I like to teach. <clears throat> the problem I'm having is, is I live in a 8,000-person community where it's basically agriculture-driven, maybe some steel mill-driven economy, and I've offered to do free classes locally, but I get no hits, you know, basically I think either I'm stereotyping everyone locally likes their job or B doesn't want to change or C more likely I can't get my message out. So what, I, what I'm actually trying to do is I'll, I'll be working down at the local chamber of commerce as in a co-working space. And I'm hoping to use that as a, uh, a pivot point to actually offer, you know, Hey, you want to change your career? I can help you. I am totally willing to mentor you or a group of people and if, or even just try it before you buy it, because some people will get into here and as soon as they see code, they will run for the door. And some people will look at it and go, this is awesome. What can I do? Well, we can do this. We can do that. So I'm totally down with that. I would say for me, the biggest bang for the buck is pair programming and open source because, um, Tom Fulton, my boss, he introduced pair programming to me and, you know, it was a totally foreign concept. And for the layperson listening, it's one computer and two developers. Yes, that's right. There's one keyboard, one mouse. No, we don't. Each one gets a keyboard, one gets mouse. It's you have a driver and you have a passenger and you change it up. Which for, you, for remote workers, uh, one source code, uh, two pair of eyes. <laughs> there you go. And it blew my mind that that was even a thing. I thought it was like totally taboo that, wait, it seems like we're wasting time and effort here. You know, shouldn't we both be doing things independently and, and, you know, we'll get more done. Well, it turns out it's a force multiplier, so to speak, because 
you can start seeing the insight and the inner monologue of how the other person is solving problems because that's what we do. We solve problems. And when you switch sides, um, you, you know, they get to see yours and you, the student can easily teach the teacher and vice well, versa. Let, don't underestimate the power of hearing your own inner monologue out loud, ah. how far that advances you. <laughs> and, and you know what? I, when, I, when I talk to anyone, the term is called rubber ducking. Because if you put a rubber duck down in front yeah. of you, you just talk the problem out. A lot of times you'll come to the solution. And so sometimes I have human rubber ducks where I don't need, the, I don't need you to talk, Bob. I just need you to listen <laughs> to me. And you know what? When I'm done with you, I'll say thanks. And you'll be like, what I do? I'll be like, you did everything. And then, <laughs> and then yeah, but, but that, that, that's why I think that the, the, the very uh, uh, important here is to start from doing, really. So if we want to uh, learn programming, let's just start building something. Let's imagine something what we want to build or so something, some problem which we want to solve using computer for that and just do it and just share the experience. Uh, I, I had a, a real world experience here in my home because my wife, who is a pharmacist, uh, wanted to, to, to understand what I'm doing here in front of my computer. And she failed. <laughs> she failed. <laughs> and even if I probably would be the best teacher, uh, it just wasn't for her, and it's not nothing bad. Uh, she just don't didn't felt good, uh, didn't feel feel good with it. And uh, I have other uh, um, example because one of my friends who is a HR uh, person uh, in in a huge IT corporation, by the way, but she didn't uh, have anything in common with programming. She she recruited a lot of programmers and started to think what they are doing, why they are receiving so huge salaries and I'm doing what I'm doing here uh, and helping them uh, receive them. So she started to learn to code and shared uh, her experience from the very beginning with a ton of the mistakes, ton of the problems shared with other people and people just jumped in. We are all here um, uh, kind of involved in open source, right? And I, that's why I think... Uh, why, why open source is so important because we are opening ourselves for the critique and not only critique, for, but also for help. If someone will spot that I'm doing something wrong and he will report me that this is wrong, I suggest you to do this and that. Thank you very much. I'm not offended. I learned something right now without paying for that. And uh, that's, what, that's why I'm amazed right now by the popularity of uh, live coding streams, for example. And I'm jumping from one to another sometimes to just see what those people are doing, how they are coding, how they are solving problems. And I, I can see the discussions there. And people are helping one to another. And they are just learning. All of them are learning, even if they are just looking what this guy or girl is doing. Uh, and... The, the, as a final thought of this uh, of this uh, long sentence, uh, I would say that uh, find the issue first and problem and try to solve it. That should be the f uh, probably initial point of uh, your journey with learning how to program. And everything is there, right? You you probably can admit everything is in the internet. So if you want to build an e-commerce solution, just type in Google how to build e-commerce solution. Uh, pick one of the languages from the list on Wikipedia. Wikipedia uh, and just add how to build e-commerce solution in Ruby on Rails. <laughs> and you will find a ton of materials how to do it and just follow the lessons. And, and, and I, I used, uh, lately, I, I, when I was preparing a, a program for our children, because I'm mostly responsible right now for uh, the coursing mater course materials for our students, uh, I was preparing a program uh, in Python. And I didn't know Python at all. And I fell in love with Python. And it's I've pretty learned, cool. It's it's a very powerful language and very simple to learn. Uh, so if someone is hearing us right now and just thinking which language is good to start, I think Python is, is the best right now uh, uh, from those serious languages other than the blocks uh, in drag and drop interfaces. Uh, and I've learned Python and I fell in love with Python. And I think that this is the, I, and I, I learned my, I learned Python from online courses, basically. So uh, they were checking if I'm writing something correctly. I just wanted, I just known what I want to build. And I just Googled and I just solved the problem of me not knowing how to do it. All right. A couple things. One, that was a long sentence. Two, <laughs> <laughs> two I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something tough. And then three, I'm going to ask you an even tougher question. So uh, the tough statement is, is I'm looking at three white guys 
the industry has a hard time with diversity. It's, and it's, it's, it's uh, gender and it's uh, race. So the tough question, so that's a tough statement. Uh, the, the tough question is, is how do we normalize that? And I'll, I'll, t- I'll fall on the sword a bit here. I have two daughters and two boys. Just, and I don't know if this makes me sexist, but I look at my boys and go, hey, guys, you want to be software engineers? And they both look at me and go, no. But I don't ask that of my daughters yet. Now, maybe because they're three and five or three and six. But do I see myself asking if they want to be software engineers one day? And um, I need to make sure I do ask them, you know, because maybe that is what they want to do. And uh, I have these preconceived prejudices, you know, that they don't want to do this. They want to do something else. But how do we change the stereotype? How do we cha- how do we get more women involved and how do we get um, more diversity in our ranks? Jesus, that is a tough question. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a, a topic for another episode, I think. But uh, <laughs> definitely, uh, uh, I, I had a lot of discussions about it. To be honest, inside of our teams uh, and, of course, in our school as well, uh, we, we've been. Uh, it will be a bad word to say competing, but there are some schools for children who are teaching only girls, for example, uh, to just I don't know tailor it to this group of 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 of, of people and help them. Uh, learned how to program maybe maybe in more detailed way uh, but uh, it, it, lo- it it doesn't feel like a problem here to be honest I, I, I know a lot of uh, female software developers who, who are awesome and who are even better than than, than the male representatives here uh, and they just need to I think that the problem is that they just don't feel that they belong and and we as a three white guys here should probably uh, just make, make them feel better inside of our groups. And I've been, uh, I, I'm working from various places right now. I'm sitting in my bedroom, uh, but I'm working from various offices uh, and I can see that uh, the, the guys are really helpful right now for, for the girls. They are encouraging them to step out from the comfort zones and pushing them uh, to, 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 to do more, to, to become more visible. And, and right now in, in our, in, in this era, uh, it's not only about software development. We, are, we have so many software developers, uh, male, female, uh, uh, that uh, it's not only about software anymore. And we should step outside. And I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to become visible. I'm trying to share the experience, trying to share uh, how our profession looks like. And I think that we should see more of uh, uh, those missed groups uh, doing exactly the same. So they need to show their experience. They need to show their problems. It is visible. Uh, it is uh, something what we can help solving. And we should def- just definitely do it. Bob, I know you got thoughts. Yeah, I have a <laughs> pin in the table here. Uh, shout out to Pete Dungenson for putting a pin in it. Um, <laughs> so you mentioned that it was an issue with our industry. I will once again argue that you need to like expand several layers of the onion out. It's a, it's a problem with... A global culture at this point, um, the diversity and the inclusiveness part. There are parts of the world that are doing a far better job with this. And I think Marchin, you know, kind of alludes to that. If you're living in progressive parts of the world, um, you know, they've been making strides. But if you just dial back even like five years ago, think about how different it was five years ago versus today. I do think we're heading in the right direction. I like some of the tooling that we use as an industry when we are disconnected. So we have like our Twitters and our Slacks and our, you know, our other instant messaging platforms. And for the most part, those are colorblind, genderless, and you can't make any preconceives. You know, it's just basically what you enter in text that's who you are. And I think that that has definitely helped. And I think if we learn to, look at our other toolings and our other communication platforms with that same like lack of identification. I think that should help. Um, but yeah, I, I do feel like we've come a long way. We still have a tremendously long way to go. Uh, I look at it as personal humility standpoint for a lot of things. I know that there's a lot of people out there that are better at what I do and it really doesn't matter who they are, what they look like or where they live for that. You know, so there's all those factors that come into play. But we do. As an industry, I feel like we have a chance to lead. I don't know if we are, um, but 
we do have definite chance. And like Martin said, we just have to step up to the plate individually and, and not have those biases and not care, you know, if uh, a female contemporary is kicking our butt in a programming standpoint, because why can't she? you know <laughs> yeah, and, and the important thing is also that we have the same tools we have the same possibilities we have the same amount of hours during the day to achieve the same or different goals and why we should treat ourselves differently uh, uh, but, but still i i've seen a lot of uh, stories where uh, really uh, it was about competition which was funny part of it because i i know a lot of better uh, developers uh, uh, than myself and I, I'm always admiring them and I'm always respecting them and I, I share that they're better than me so why it, not to do this for helping other to become more visible maybe in different areas yeah Kevin that's a perfect segue to the tweet uh, which tweet? <laughs> the tweet we were talking about right before we went on air Talk about all kinds of tweets. Oh, you're talking about the uh, the the admiration tweet. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, and, and it's probably a good way to actually segue to the end of the show. So. Yeah. So yeah. It. So the tweet he's talking about. There was a, a. There is a tweet going around where it's basically tag somebody you admire, somebody you look up to, who you want to be when you grow up, and you know I I tagged uh, Mr. Matt Brailsford from uh sheffield area united kingdom which is way far away from where i live um but you know it, it's good to i don't want to say and be envious or jealous but it's good to look at somebody and go dang that's what i want to do that's what i want to be like because it's good you know if, if you find yourself feeling like you're the smartest guy or gal in the room change your freaking room you know level up because you need people in the room that you go holy crap they are way better than me. You need to be a little scared because it should make you, you should fuel that fire in your belly to go, you know what? Yeah, I can be like that too. And I don't have to feel so uncomfortable. I, I started working with a guy in 2013 uh, in Denver. And I used to think there's no way I'm going to be like this. This guy is so smart. It's, 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 it's offensive how smart this guy is. <laughs> and now, and this is not a, uh, you know, a, a slight on him, but now I look at him and go, you know what? He's definitely better than me, but not so much anymore. And I and I feel like I've made you know a little bit of uh, progress on him, and I feel good because I want to be on top of the mountain too. But you know, when you get on top of a mountain, you need to look around and go, "That peak's taller over there. Let's let's go conquer it." So uh, yeah, tag tag a friend, uh, tag a buddy, tag somebody you don't even know, and be like, "Yeah, I want to be like them when I grow up." And that's that's a very great idea, and and I would lie if I will will, will say that I didn't think about it uh, in the past. We we had an idea to record a Nambra Coffee episode about our idols, and I I I, I say idols, mentors, however we will name them, uh, but all of us have have people which we are admire, which we are respecting and following. And I also had those situations in my life where I was just looking at someone else's uh, journey. And I was jealous or envy, uh, but in the positive way. Uh, also, that's why I also I read a lot of books, uh, for example, about someone else's life, because I want to learn how they achieved what they what they achieved, uh, and and maybe just grab some advices or follow some steps from their path to uh, adapt it into my own life, and maybe at some point be. Uh, as as good as them, or maybe even better. Uh, and if you will share this tweet, I, I will be uh, more than uh, grateful for seeing uh, some other mentions. And probably it's a great list of people to just uh, follow. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> to just follow. Well, the, the great thing is, is, well, the weird thing is, is, mine would probably look more like a, a follow Friday kind of tweet with a bunch of at mentions in there. Uh, I have a lot of cool friends that do a lot of crazy things. And I always say like, oh, I totally want to be that person when I grow up. Like that's a regular phrase for me. And some of that's just life experience, you know, how they're, how they're managing their journey. Uh, Erica is a great example. Uh, Erica travels constantly, yet she still is gamefully employed. And that's just so like that. So envious for me, you know, but it's, it's, it's not envy, it's admiration because mm -hmm. she's kind of having it all and she's 
but she's kind of just she'll self-admit you know she's just kind of making it up as she goes but she's got her seems like she's got a really good plan so she would definitely be one of my uh people that i admire but the list is long and rich for a bunch of different reasons um i think on that note we should probably go around the horn and uh if there's anything martin you want to leave the listeners with maybe plug where they can find you online and all that good stuff and we'll just kind of i'll do my little i want to be you when i grow up thing is is my wrap up and uh i think marching it's on to you um yeah so you're giving me a lot of thoughts about this uh those idols and i will definitely fill my uh, my entries uh on twitter and uh, you can find me on twitter where i'm trying to be active and i'm exploring uh instagram lately uh, where I'm sharing uh, my daily stories, my Insta stories, and how developers' life looks like. So if you will search for uh, Zaykovsky Marcin, or uh, you will find uh, me, you will probably find me anywhere. Uh, I'm active in, on Twitter, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. So everywhere where you can find me, ping me, ask me questions, and feel free to uh, just connect and chat about anything. Great show, guys. We just have one more piece of business, Bob. Bring the lightning.